0: Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And you're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums.
1: Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. In 1967, the Beatles released one of the most important and influential of all time. uh, Influential albums of all time. (laughs) Influential of all time. Just leave it at that. Most influential. (laughs) Of course, that's uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Pretty much anybody who has an interest in music history knows the impact this album had on the music industry and just culture in general
0: and the bad things it did like help the beach boys make an album
1: (laughs) yeah i'm not i don't know okay this is not a beach boys hate album yeah podcast whatever yeah yet. (laughs) yet but what a lot of people don't know however is that 11 years later a jukebox musical film was made of the same name featuring a story of a band as they wrangle with the music industry and battle evil forces bent on stealing their instruments and corrupting their hometown of Heartland. The film seldom features any speaking lines. Instead, the story is told through the lyrics of the music. The film cashed in on the disco and jukebox musical crazes at the time, with Saturday Night Fever smashing the box office and the Bee Gees and Donna Summer at the top of the charts. Starring the Bee Gees, Peter Frampton, and Steve Martin... Also with appearances from Donald Pleasants. Who? It, fucking uh Loomis from uh Halloween, Doctor Loomis. Oh, yeah. shit. Good for him. <clears throat> Good for him for being in a piece of shit movie. Yeah, Are we <clears throat> talking about Saturday Night Fever. No, no, he's in uh oh. this fucking movie, Sergeant Pepper's movie. Uh, yeah.
0: There's a Sergeant Pepper's movie. I didn't, I didn't know there was a movie. I just assumed that this was just called the Sgt. Pepper soundtrack for no fucking reason. <laughs> you didn't
1: know that there was a movie?
0: No, the only movie that matters that the Beatles are involved with is... uh. Hard Day's Night? No, that one's pretty good. Okay, I like so it. It's funny. Um, I've never seen Yellow, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine is fucking wild.
1: I've never... I still haven't seen it. But yeah, there, this was a whole fucking movie. You didn't, you didn't know that?
0: No, I wish I didn't. Like, I, hmm. I think it's much funnier as a standalone yeah, album.
1: We'll just call it the soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, uh, listen, it's the Bee Gees. Hey, we, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, I mean if we ever do a shitty movie podcast, we can we can maybe watch this.
0: <laughs> Why do you hate me?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it also included Aerosmith, Alice Cooper among others, with many of those appearing in the movie providing covers of Beatles songs including all the songs from Sgt. Pepper's besides Within You Without You and Lovely Rita along with most of Abbey Road.
0: Yeah, like, not doing those two songs. First of all, Lovely Rita, one of the best songs in the album.
1: Yeah, I really like Within that Within You, Without You, the only one I was excited to be
0: like, how the fuck do they make this less weird somehow? Yeah. Which they wouldn't have. Listen to the album. They would have made it more weird.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what they would have done with it.
0: Also, <laughs> like, ignoring the one song on the album written by George Harrison, kind of homophobic. Wait, what? Oh, uh, Within You, Without You is written by George. It's the only song yeah. It's the only song on Sgt. Pepper's written by George Harrison. Mm-hmm. It's, it's dumb. I ignore that? <laughs> what,
1: what do you mean kind of homophobic? kind of homophobic.
0: The gays love George Harrison.
1: Okay. Are you saying George Harrison's homophobic? No. Or them not including not them? Them not including him. Oh. Homophobic. Alright. Uh, <laughs> don't really understand, but... I'll back that. <laughs> but before the movie's release, Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees said, Kids today don't know the Beatles' Sgt. Peppers. And when those who see our film and hear us doing it, that will be the version they relate to and remember. Unfortunately, the Beatles will be secondary. You see, there is no such thing as the Beatles. They don't exist as a band and never perform Sgt. Pepper live in any case. When ours comes out, it will be, in effect, as if theirs never existed. When you heard the Beatles do Long Tall Sally or Roll Over Beethoven, did you care about Little Richard or Chuck Berry's version?
0: Uh, yeah, Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was on with that one. So, like, the Beatles may
0: have said that we're bigger than Jesus, and Oasis may have said we're bigger than the Beatles, but neither of those are as fucking wild as what... Robin Gibb. Robin (laughs) Gibb. Is that the goofy-looking one? I don't fucking know. Because I think the goofy-looking one's the only one that's alive still, and I hope he listens to this podcast and realizes that he's the goofy-looking
1: one. Let's see, Robin Gibb. He... Died in 2012. Okay,
0: so... Oh, but he's also a goofy... I forgot all of the Bee Gees are the goofy-looking ones.
1: Yeah, I know. It's Robin, Maurice, and then I don't know what the other one's called. I don't know.
0: But I think think just one of them is alive. I think so.
1: I'm sure he lives to regret making this. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But yeah, I thought that was wild. It's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna do this and everybody will automatically forget about the actual album that we're covering. It's like, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, dumbass cat. Say hello to the podcasters. (laughs) Fucking smacks microphone. He said, fuck them podcasters.
0: Well, I guess we're the podcasters, not the people that he was talking to, whatever.
1: Fuck the listeners, he says. But yeah, I don't don't think the kids, quote-unquote, related or remembered this movie or their version of the Beatles classics, as the movie, along with the soundtrack, were pretty much universally panned. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds a score of 11%, with an average user rating of 3.9 out of 10. In Rolling Stone, Paul Nelson ridiculed virtually every aspect of the production. He said that Frampton had absolutely no future in Hollywood, while Schultz, which I believe was the the director, would seem to need direction merely to find the set, let alone the camera.
0: Oh my God! The okay. New,
1: the New York Times, Janet Maslin wrote that the musical numbers are strung together so mindlessly that the movie has the feel of an inter interminable variety show.
0: Which, like, all of this is really funny because it's not that hard to do a, a Beatles musical. Mm-hmm. Like we've shown that we saw that in um, Across the Universe, I think is what it's called. I, I've heard of that. I don't know. Is that a musical? Yeah, is that- it's a Beatles musical. It's good. Hmm, okay. I think it's across the universe. There is a good Beatles musical release in like the 2000s, and it proves that it's not that fucking hard to do it.
1: <laughs> and then he also added, conceived, that conceived in a spirit of merriment, watching it feels like playing shuffleboard at the absolute insistence of a bossy shipboard social director. When whimsy gets to be this overbearing, it simply isn't whimsy anymore. Only two of the Beatles were at the premiere of the movie, Paul and Ringo, Later on in an interview, when asked about the film, George Harrison Harrison showed sympathy for those involved, instead of Frampton and the Bee Gees. I think it's damaged their images, their careers, and they didn't need to do that. It's just like the Beatles tried to do in the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones can do it better. The accompanying album arguably fared worse than the movie. Sure, it debuted at number 7 on Billboard, peaked at 5, and stayed there for 6 weeks, but that was probably due to the success of 3 of the songs. I I Going into this There's only one of the covers That I Knew Aerosmith Yeah Yeah It's
0: fucking everywhere
1: Yeah Yeah which I I was um, shocked when I found out That it was on Yeah there.
0: I was like Wait a second I was like looking Through the track Cause there's I, Let's just go ahead And put this There are 24 tracks on this Yeah <laughs> Um Which is ridiculous So I I didn't have time to look Like I didn't look through All the tracks Where I did notes so I was just doing notes And putting in the track names As I went And mm-hmm. I was like Oh Wait What the fuck
1: yeah, it's very out of place, because, I mean...
0: I'm assuming there's some big dance number or something to it.
1: I don't, God, I don't I know. I guess I'm gonna
0: have to fucking watch this
1: movie. Yeah, at some myself. point. But yeah, the the three songs that uh, actually had any success from this album were Earth, Wind & Fire's version of Got to, Get you, Got to Get You Into My Life, which ended up going gold, and Aerosmith's Come Together, along with Robin Gibbs' Oh Darling, both becoming top 40 hits. The album became the first record to "quote unquote" return platinum, with over four million copies being taken off store shelves and returned to the distributor.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I mean, hey, it was the first.
1: I didn't even Good know that. For that them. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. I wonder what other albums have been returned platinum albums.
0: Um, if you guys will send me twenty bucks and a box of uh, banana moon pies. <laughs> I will write a book on every return platinum, <laughs> um, and I will also include copies of the album in the book, because it they can't cost more than, like, it'll be a flash drive full of them, actually. <laughs> there we go. It's a legal distribution. Welcome
1: <laughs> to the internet, baby. All right. There's another book added to your to your long list of... I'm going to be a famous writer. Going to have a long-ass bibliography. <laughs> Let's see where... Okay. In the Rolling Stone record guide in 1983, Dave Marsh dismissed the soundtrack as an utter travesty and easily the worst album of any notoriety in this book. Marsh identified Aerosmith's Come Together and Earth, Wind & Fire has got to get you into my life as the only competent renditions and concluded 2 million people brought this album, which proves that P.T. Barnum was right and that euthanasia may have untapped possibilities.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <It's> like,
1: damn... <laughs> Stephen Thomas Erlewine of AllMusic summarizes the album in a one-out-of-five-star review. Like the album itself, the soundtrack to the 1978 film Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is a legend in its own right. Where the Beatles album was a groundbreaking moment in pop music, the Robert Stigwood film was... Okay, so I guess... I think Stigwood might have been... I don't know, someone... The Schultz oh guy gosh. was... I think someone was like the musical...
0: Shelter's probably, like, the musical director. Yeah. one is like, the film director. I don't know how Hollywood works.
1: I don't know. Uh, We are not...
0: We like movies. We're not film guys, (laughs) as you can tell. Yeah, because also... This is a music podcast.
1: Because I know also the, uh... What was the Beatles producer? Uh, fucking...
0: Oh, um, the guy who made The Wall of Sound?
1: What's that? No, that was the sound
0: engineer. Um... I don't fucking know. I can't like
1: remember everybody. his name. But he had he had a hand in this too, which I'm very shocked oh, at. Oh, God. <laughs> How could you know the Beatles
0: and have a hand in this? Actually, yeah, one know. of the guys who did a cover was... George a,
1: Martin, that's his name.
0: Yeah, one of the guys who did a cover was in a band with two of the different Beatles. Hmm. Um, we'll get to it later. It's in my fucking notes. Okay. I just don't have time to look through my notes because there's a million of them.
1: But yeah, to continue the quote, the Robert Stigwood film was an unmitigated disaster... An embarrassment not only to the Beatles, but to everyone involved in the production. Nevertheless, as years passed and 70s nostalgia grew, certain kitsch fantasies revealed an affection for the debacle. A few performers try to give it their best. Witness Earth, Wind Fire's Got to Get You Into My Life, Aerosmith's Come Together, and Billy Preston's Get Back. But there's no erasing the fact that this is an absolutely atrocious record, one that was simply beyond saving. There's really no excuse for such mind-boggling mismatches as George Burns fixing a hole, Alice Cooper's because, and Steve Martin's Maxwell Silver Hammer, or all the endless awkward numbers from the Bee Gees, Peter Frampton, and Frankie Howard. It's so bad that it's not even camp.
0: Uh, it's a little camp. I, I, think, I think they're that. wrong here. It's pretty it's, it's pretty camp.
1: Yeah, a lot of it really is. It's not
0: purposely camp, which is good. It's like, like Twin Peaks feels like it's purposely camp. This feels more like watching Astro Boy, and you're like, this is pretty fucking camp.
1: <laughs> what, the Astro Boy movie?
0: Uh, there's like an Astro Boy anime, I think, wasn't there? Oh, like the
1: actual anime? Yeah, oh, like okay. the old
0: like, 60s Astro Boy. It's like, this is fucking camp as hell.
1: Hmm. I've never watched it. I but imagine a lot of old anime is probably pretty camp before yeah, they like kind of figured it out. Yeah, old
0: Speed Racer. Hmm. Shit's wild. <laughs>
1: The soundtrack proved to be the fuel of the downfall of the careers of both the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton, who quickly faded away from the limelight, almost suddenly as each had risen to it. Which that leads us to the track by track.
0: And also answers my question of, man, what happened to Peter Frampton?
1: I don't know. This happened
0: to Peter Frampton. Yeah,
1: I I guess because he... I mean, he really was kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, but I mean, he did... Do you feel like... I mean, like... I mean, the some whole, really good shit. The whole Peter... Or the Frank Den Alive album... Yeah. Was, which like, which I've... My parents have talked about it because they were around at that time. They were... They were uh, teenagers in the 70s. But... Yeah, both of them said that he kind of just came out of nowhere. Like, the album released and he was the biggest thing all of a sudden. And they were like... N- us or no one that we knew even knew who he was. So mean, we, a good... He was definitely an industry plant. <laughs> well, I think he was really... Big in Japan or something? Oh, fuck yeah. I don't know. The album might have been recorded in Japan, but there was a few artists like that in like the 70s Hell, that yeah. just for some reason were really big in Japan. Like Cheap Trick, they were like huge in Japan. Because you know the uh, I Want You to Want Me? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was live. like Live at the Budokan, which is in Japan.
0: Damn. Okay, let's get... So like, first thoughts on the album. I didn't write any of this down, but I will tell you, my first thoughts were, what the fuck am I listening
1: to? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of a question that lasts throughout the whole listening of it. Um,
0: there's some stuff on the album where I'm like this is a beat by beat for beat cover, mm-hmm. but it's soulless still.
1: Yeah, I think I feel like most of the Bee Gees and Peter Peter Frampton covers kind of fall into that. Yeah. We'll get to it, the Frampton stuff. Like anything that he's on, which I don't think he does anything by himself. I think everything he's on is I also with the Bee Gees. I think he did one by himself. Maybe. But Everything that he's on is probably, like, the most tolerable stuff on the album for me, for the most part, because it's pretty much beat for beat. Yeah, it's beat for beat. It's just soulless. But then It's a, it's when, a sellout. Yeah, and then when the Bee Gees are on something, it's a little more, I guess, camp than when Frampton's on yeah. it, but it's still not, like, really out there for the most part. And there's some
0: really out there parts of this album. <laughs> yeah, but
1: then a lot of the other shit from, like, Alice Cooper and the fucking Sandy Farina, whoever the fuck that is. And Diane. I am Stein. so
0: excited to talk about Maxwell Silverhammer.
1: Yeah, like a lot, a lot of the other stuff is just like, what the fuck were they even thinking? Like, this isn't even... Like, did they try to make this camp on... Pre- like, I think that's the ultimate question. is. I mean... Like, what tone were camp, they going for? I don't think
0: camp was really a thing in the set. Like, I think that was just the, what the 70s were like.
1: Yeah, I mean there was camp in movies for sure
0: i don't think it was trying to be camp though mm-hmm. yet because i mean we were still this is like at the like right before the horror movie bust like not bust but I mean, the horror movie like blow up and horror movies are really where i think of as camp becoming a purposeful thing
1: yeah i mean yeah i guess like horror in the mainstream for the most part because, I mean, there was a lot of horror movies, obviously, yeah. in the 50s. Yeah,
0: but, like, And horror. there was, like,
1: campy science fiction. the way we
0: know it now.
1: Yeah. Started, started
0: in, like, the late 70s, early With slashers
1: 80s. and shit. Exactly. Which, I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of campy slashers, so. Uh, we're
0: going to start a Patreon at some point, and uh, if you really like it and you give us your money, we will do a horror movie podcast about shitty horror movies that we think you should probably watch.
1: I love shitty horror movies. There's the best. <laughs> horror okay. movies in general. Track
0: 1, Sgt. Pepper's Plus with a little help from my friends and probably some other stuff. What was the name of this suite? Some of them I wrote the suite name on, some of them I wrote the names that were actually it, in it. It was just these two. Okay, did yeah. I have a suite name? Cuz like know. I was like the so. last track and um there's one track on the album that had a suite. it was like The Death of a Strawberry
1: was the name of one of the suites. I did not see that. Where did you, was Wikipedia. that Wikipedia. Hmm, I must have looked over that. I, it was probably this one, the one that has Polythene Pound. She came Maybe, in through here, the window. That... I
0: will actually pull up the Wikipedia so we can see the sweet names. Okay.
1: Huh. Why am I just typing Wikipedia into my Google? <laughs> Wikipedia. But yeah, starting off with this one, uh, I don't know if it has a sweet name or not. But yeah, it's uh, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band slash With A Little Help From My Friends. Starting off, it was not really as, like, disco-oriented. as yeah. I, was, like, I, was, I, was I was expecting,
0: ex- like, oops was Yeah. Oops, oops. I was
1: expecting literally just straight-up disco- Covers of and these songs, but the whole album in general really doesn't feel disco most of the time. But yeah, it's it's still not good. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, if no, it, yeah, it's not. I don't know if it would have been better. I don't know if it would have been better um, or worse. It's one
0: of these soulless fucking soundtracks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just completely bland and soulless <clears throat> version of the iconic opening tracks. Okay, this suite is called
0: Introducing Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, which makes sense. Alright. Um, there are. Let's see. It looks like there's there's only three sweets, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. There's this one. The polyethylene pan is called the Rise to Stardom Sweet. And then Golden Slumbers and Carry That Weight is the Death of a Strawberry. And all the sweets are Alice Cooper. Or not Alice Cooper. Ugh, <laughs> BGs. Are the Bee Gees and
1: Peter Frampton. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, the, it's just, like you said, completely bland and soulless. Uh, they even butchered the transition of... Into with a little help yeah. from my friends, like it does not flow at all.
0: It's really unfortunate because it should be a pretty easy transition to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the instrument tones just sound off. Like the vocals are shit, especially even with a little help from my friends. Like it just completely takes the charm out of out of everything about these two tracks. Yeah, so not off to a good start. And,
0: I mean, these are pretty charming tracks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's why. Like, like I don't know. It's I don't
0: understand how you could fuck it up that bad.
1: Yeah, it's really... Um, and it's not
0: even like it's... It'd be different if they tried something new and fucked it up, but it's a beat-for-beat beat cash grab. Yeah, exactly. Um, Here comes the sun. The bass is really fat.
1: Okay, I don't really... The bass really... is so fat. It's pretty fat. It's a really fat bass. fat bass. Ass bass. Uh, the rest of the
0: instrumentation sounds like it's children's toys.
1: Yeah, exactly. I said, it like, a cheap-sounding synth and really tinny-sounding drums.
0: Yeah, but that bass... Fat.
1: Hmm. Okay. That nice um, Vocal. Vocal-wise, not I think that bad. It's pretty decent. It doesn't
0: live up to the original, but also like it's really hard to do a good Here Comes the Sun. Like it's hard to, you can't beat the Beatles on Here Comes. The... You can't beat the Beatles.
1: <laughs> beat the Beatles.
0: I like. I don't. It doesn't matter what you think about the Beatles, whether you like them or not. They are the best person who has ever done one of their songs.
1: Yeah. Exactly. The only thing I can think of that. Comes close, I mean, when it comes close as the Aerosmith
0: cover of Come Together. Well, no,
1: have you ever heard of With a Little Help from My Friends by, uh, he, he was a one, like, this, it was literally his only hit. It was some dude in the 70s that covered it. You've probably heard it. It's like a really, it's more like a slow, like, uh, oh, the one that was the,
0: um, the intro to the, um, there's one that was an intro, uh, Joe Cochran? Yeah. Yeah, Joke it Cochran, was
1: the yeah. intro
0: to, um, God, some sitcom. Oh, was it? Yeah, um huh. not the Wonder Years. It was a sitcom my mom really liked. It was like an 80s sitcom. Happy Days? No. It was a sitcom um about a about a young boy.
1: Boy Meets World.
0: And he was like no he's like looking but This is not a sitcom podcast. We'll figure <laughs> it out after the
1: show. Yeah, I was about to say I'm not really knowledgeable about pre-90s sitcoms. <laughs> I really
0: like sitcoms. I like sitcoms.
1: I like sitcoms, but anything before like Seinfeld era, I don't really know much about. Don't go don't go But Um, Yeah, that's a good cover of a Beatles song. But yeah, yeah. other than that, you really can't top the Beatles. Yeah,
0: so there's a couple. Um, I really like With a Little Help From My friends by... um,
1: Oh, uh, Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips, which
0: we might cover one day. Hmm. It'll be a
1: while. Yeah. Uh, Going on to Getting Better, which is Frampton and the Bee Gees again. The solo
0: vocals? Weak. The group vocals, not that, not that bad.
1: Yeah, I feel like it doesn't sound that much different than the original.
0: Um, There was... So, in the original, there's also these little, like, high-pitched vamps of the guitar. For some reason, they're just really fucking annoying in this version. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: they're fine in the original. <laughs> they're, I think it's the exact
0: same vamp.
1: Are you talking about, like, when it's, like, getting better all the it's time?
0: It's like... Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da,
1: da, da, da. Like, the same... It's in the original song, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't... I've never
0: realized that. But it's... Because I was like, okay, let me listen to the original to make sure I'm not fucking just I mean, I think dumb. it has a lot
1: to do with the production of the album, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's,
0: it's it, it feels soulless. Yeah. It's even like, the
1: instruments are soulless. Yeah, exactly. It's like 11 years later and they couldn't match the production of the original. And like,
0: disco is supposed to be about soul. hmm How do you make a soulless disco album? that
1: uh, I mean, it's like we it's said, awful. it's not even really, di- like, I don't. Yeah, it's barely I wouldn't classify disco. it as disco at all. It has
0: some disco points.
1: Yeah, some, but not not as much as you would expect. Then that leads us to "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds" by Diane Steinberg, which, along with Sandy Farina, like who the who the fuck is? I, don't know. <laughs> so I have um, no idea.
0: Face fat once again. Face is real fat. The vocals are really fucking breathy in this one. Yeah, it sounds like it just kind of reminds me of the <sighs> part from "Harder and Harder to Breathe," but with like if they were saying <laughs> words while doing that.
1: Uh-huh. It's yeah. really awful. Yeah, I don't. It. This one almost sounds like a show tune to me. The way the way it's sung, like it just yeah completely takes the psychedelic feel out of the song, which is the whole point. Um,
0: until <laughs> it gets to the chorus, which to me just sounds like a Baptist revival. <laughs> Something we're pretty we're pretty knowledgeable about.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lucy and this guy. Of diamonds, Lucy in the sky with Jesus. (laughs) Lucy at the tent revival with diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Just another, another shitty and just completely out of touch cover.
0: Um, and then we get to a cover that actually tries something new. She's so heavy. I want. I want you. She's so heavy. And try something new. Don't
1: tell me you like this one.
0: I kind of. Oh God. I like the instrumentation. It's very.
1: this is like my absolute, like this offends me on so many levels. I but hate like this one. But
0: like the instrumentation is Sabbathy, like it tries to go for like the doom metal. Have you thing. heard the original? Yeah, I the did. original is like that. I re-listened to the original. It's not like that. Yes, it is. I re-listened to both of them side by side. Have you not heard the end of that song? It gets pretty fucking heavy. I okay, but the entire thing of this is like Sabbathy and doomy, and it's really weird. Uh, it did give me Lulu flashbacks though. Cause they started talking. No, I don't know. I think this is a fine cover.
1: No, I don't... I mean, the original is so iconic. Like, it's, it's probably... It's a top, song I barely remember. It's top five Beatles songs for me. Like, I fucking love it.
0: But I did re-listen to it to be like, was it this fucking heavy? And yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. This one's a little bit heavier. It's,
1: I don't know. It just... The thing with me, I mean, instrumental-wise, it's not...
0: F- that's all i care about i didn't get a single note on the vocals i don't fucking care yeah
1: i mean i'll give you that instrumentalized for the song it's not too far off from the original but the thing for me is the vocals like i whoever i don't know who the fuck it is because it it said that this one was steinberg and the bgs that did this Bee Gees, one
0: diane steinberg paul nicholas david pleasant okay and stargard
1: Okay, I guess it's one of those last three people. Like, the dude that comes in and just is talking, and he's like, I want you. I want you yes. so bad. Yes, that It sounds me, like fucking like, Vincent Price, like, at the end of Thriller, when he's like, yeah. oh, you're in for a scare or whatever. But
0: it gave me fucking um, Lulu flashbacks, like I said. Yeah,
1: anyways. like, I just... that That's the part that offended me. I but was like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I,
0: like, that part was just... It gave me the flashbacks. I was like, but this instrumentation...
1: I mean, yeah, the, pretty it, sick. the instrumentation's not... That's the I only mean, thing I like
0: about the guy. I mean, like I don't think it's a good cover. Yeah. I think it's a really good instrumental.
1: Like, I won't say the instrumental's sick, because, like I said, it's pretty just on, like, note for note. I mean, it's a little different, but, yeah, it's just the vocals. Because, like, with, we'll get to it later, but with uh, Maxwell's Silver Hammer and Fixing a Hole, like, the other songs that have the weird, like, whimsical, like, trying to talk vocals, like, it makes sense, because those are, like, I feel like Weird more songs. bright, sillier songs, especially Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Like, it makes sense, but this one, it's like such a soulful and then like heavy song for yeah, the time. Yeah, the
0: vocals were an odd choice.
1: Yeah, and it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, that, that's what offended me. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you're trying to make it a goofy, like, whimsical song, and it's not at all. I, I don't yeah. know.
0: um, Good Morning, Good Morning. I like this one, too. I... Forgot to get notes
1: for this one somehow. Okay.
0: okay, so um, it kind of feels like the original. Uh huh. Like you've definitely heard it. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but it does that really cool speed manipulation with the vocals, like "Good morning, good morning, good." And, oh you know, uh,
1: yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah. Um, I
0: I don't remember if that's in the original because I didn't have no, time that's... to listen to every song originally again because like I. I do really like Sgt. Pepper's. I listened mm. to that album a lot. So I was like, I, I would remember that
1: probably. Yeah, I didn't I didn't re-listen. Have to re-listen to most of the songs. Cause... I didn't listen
0: to some of the non-Sgt. Pepper songs just because not because I don't know them, yeah. but because I didn't remember them much cuz I basically uh known fact about me, I listen to like 2 Beatles albums constantly and the rest of it is just like whenever it comes up on radio.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I had been in a pretty big Beatles kick a few months that ago like sense. like at the end of 2022 so a lot of the songs are pretty i've been in pretty a really, fresh in my mind for a few
0: years i've been in a really big sergeant peppers and revolver kick
1: okay but yeah i think good morning good morning is the one where at the end of it it's like all the fucking animals like yes. barking and yeah. fucking roaring and shit yeah that always anytime i listen to it on like fucking vinyl or something where i can't just like turn it down from my phone and that comes on i'm like fuck i like, got it's it's so grating on my ears i'm like what the fuck is happening but yeah i don't think that in this uh version included that i don't think so either um okay so next is she's leaving home yeah and this is like one of the very few Beatles songs that i i would say that i really hate like, <laughs> i don't really love she's leaving home but you've heard it on acid, haven't you?
0: Yes, I've heard yeah, it Yeah, that would probably... Uh, for legal reasons, I have not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for legal reasons. Legally,
0: I have not, but, like,
1: yeah. Next time I l- legally do not do shrooms. Next time I
0: do... Uh, there are legal psychedelics, and those are the ones that we have done. Um, I don't know their names, but... Mm. I-, I think there's some kind of legal DMT. Thank you for drinking water, Loki.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, next time I... Next time I do psychedelics I might have to <laughs> I might have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um this was an interesting choice to use a vocaloid. Is that what the it thing was either like, sounds vocaloid like a fucking robot? Or a ta-
0: it was either a vocaloid or Peter Frampton I'm pretty sure it was Peter Frampton either way. The part
1: that sounds like robots. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was it a vocaloid
0: sound... or a talk box. It, it sounded mean, more
1: like a vocaloid. I don't know what that is, so okay, yeah, because because uh, I mean talk boxes that I've heard don't sound anything like yeah. it.
0: Um but I'm hundred percent sure that's Peter Frampton. But then the chorus was flat. Mm-hmm. they didn't even sing it in key,
1: yeah i I don't know, like I said, this is one of the very few Beatles songs that I don't like. I just it's just too over over like melodramatic and it is boring really for me
0: i I think it's definitely an experience you have to have on legal <laughs> or psychedelics of some sort.
1: Yeah, and I think that this is the last song on the first side of Sgt. Pepper's, so I, always, see, just, I, have the... I always just eat, eat the needle off my record and <laughs> fucking yeah, go to I this. Think so. I think it is. Yeah, I've I just never liked this song. And no, I'm...
0: actually, um, Peter Frampton wasn't even on this song.
1: Oh, really? Jay McIntosh and John Wheeler
0: was one of them too. Who the fuck? Who are all these people? I
1: don't know. There are a million people on this album. Yeah, I didn't see any of... The people that I haven't named yet, like, i <sighs> Wikipedia is a good resource. I, I got my shit from Wikipedia, Oh, well, it I has, thought.
0: has. Well, apparently you didn't. Maybe you just didn't get the names of who did it, which I get it, or you just didn't write it down, because there's... Every song has a
1: million people on it. Yeah, which, it's I mean, who, who knows? That could be people playing instruments or doing yeah, other, like, it could not even be vocal.
0: Um, Oh Darling.
1: Oh, you missed, uh, You Never Give Me My Money. Oh, I did. <laughs> I
0: didn't <even> have
1: <laughs> you Never Give Me Your Money. That's Steinberg and Paul Nicholas.
0: Um, I barely remember this Beatles song.
1: It's on the, um, the medley at the end of Abbey Road.
0: Oh, see, I've I've, I've listened to Abbey Road once. Dude, Abbey
1: Road is so good.
0: It's not, it's not, it's not my genre of Beatles.
1: It's not my favorite Beatles record, which we'll get to that, but it's good. We'll get to
0: that. Um, yeah, I mean, Abbey Road's a good album. I don't remember this song very well. I just assume that this version is inferior.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, the original is... It's all right for me. Like it, it works in the medley, but so works really sure well in the medley. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it's not the my favorite. Like it's it's not something I would listen to by itself. Which are some songs in the medley I would, but I mean it works in the medley. Like it's a it's a decent song. Okay. So yeah, this this uh, version is inferior to it. It has
0: the annoying vamps again.
1: Uh huh, and I really. By this point, I realized that just Diane Steinberg's voice, I just do not like her voice whatsoever. Yeah, like I, its
0: It was a weird choice to use her. Like, I don't even know who she is. I,
1: I have no idea who she is, but uh, every, everything that she's been on in this album, I just do not like it.
0: Um, next is Oh Darling, which I got like no notes on. It's just a palette. It's not interesting. I don't
1: like it. This, I don't care about it. This is another one that really offended me a lot. Oh God, okay. Which I mean, like you said, it's not... It, it doesn't do anything absolutely crazy, which I think is what offends me about it, because the original that's also on uh, Abbey Road, it's a really good uh, song sung by Paul, and it's a really, like, it's probably his best vocal performance, in my uh, opinion. The like best
0: vocal performance of the worst Beatle. <laughs> you think Paul's the worst Beatle? Paul's beetle? the worst Beatle, for sure. What?
1: Why? Why? Uh,
0: so, we since we don't have plans to like our in the, favorite
1: Beatles... Do you mean in the context of the Beatles, or just in general? In general. Because, I mean, his solo stuff, I'm not... I mean, any of it. In those... general,
0: like, over their entire careers. The best one, we have... Um, George? Ringo and George <laughs> are tied for the best Beetle, And then Lennon, and then just slightly below Lennon is Paul. Hmm. But the gap between Lennon and George and Ringo is so infinitesimally big...
1: Are you talking about as people? As people and musicians. But Paul Paul seems like a good person. I've never heard anything bad about him. He seems a little cocky. I don't think so. I don't I, like him. No, th- did I saw this fucking thing on TikTok the other day where he was like praising punk music when everybody was shitting on it? He was like, oh, I like it. Like the kids, the kids do what they want. Yeah, because pe- people still were, Paul McCartney. He still did Wings. People were expecting him to like shit on it because, you know, he was an old head at that point. See,
0: the problem is I can't forgive him for Wings. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I love Paul. Like, he seems like a cool dude. I like, I mean, he's done, like, Maxwell Silver, Silver Hammer is another Beatles song that I can't say, and he did that, but, I mean, he did, I, I would say in the context of the Beatles, Lennon was a better songwriter for the most part. I the
0: Beatles, Paul did better than Lennon, but that's not hard to do when you're in the Plastic Ono band.
1: Yeah, and Lennon was a piece of shit, but,
0: I and mean. Then, and then Ringo and George are perfect angel maybe
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like Ringo and George, too. I don't know. If I had to rank them, I, I would say Paul's probably my favorite.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know. Favorite?
0: Like, least favorite? The same podcast. <laughs> Wild.
1: But either way, you should listen to the original of the song. Like, it's fucking okay. awesome. It's like, Abby, I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. give Ivy Road another listener. It literally, so. like, Paul is, like, literally fucking screaming in this song. Like, he gives a really good vocal performance. He does like
0: screaming. It makes sense that he would like punk. I mean, he did. He's the one who wrote... Uh, um.
1: Helter Skelter. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it makes sense that he would like <laughs> punk and metal. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, I think that's why it offends me so much, because it's such an emotional and, like, great vocal performance and, like, a really good ballad, and then this pers- this uh, version just completely sucks the soul out of everything. Yeah, it's,
0: it's so soulless. <clears throat> it's there's so, nothing here.
1: Yeah, it's so monotone. It's... I don't know. It's like, how, I don't know how this was one of the three songs that charted. Like, I, I felt, mean, I guess because it was just a soft, easy yeah, listening but ballad. but like, I
0: felt more emotional <clears throat> listening to rocks. Like, <laughs> just the sound of rocks. Oh. <laughs> I, I, got, like... I got sadder watching Spongebob once. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hmm. Gary, come home.
1: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Gary, come
0: um, home. So after that is <clears throat> Maxwell Silverhammer. I'll say that Steve Martin understood the assignment.
1: Yeah, which I, I was gonna—I was literally just talking about it. This is another Beatles song that I just don't like. It's—it's it's too.
0: I've—I've I've only heard this song like once or twice. It's also
1: on Abbey Road. It's just—I mean, uh, Paul wrote it and. John Lennon said it was another one of Paul's granny music songs.
0: <laughs> bang, bang, next little silver hammer. And they
1: actually had like a really big yeah. argument apparently about it being on the album. Like literally everyone else in the band besides Paul was like, please do not put this on the album. And he was like, I want it on the album. And I guess they eventually caved. Or the Ringo Starr was like, my song's on the fridge. <laughs> but yeah, I don't... I would say that this version makes it into a like a children's novelty song, yeah, but it, the it makes it into a good song. The, the original was honestly kind of that, but yeah, this person or this song makes it. And Steve Martin,
0: Steve Martin could have done this like serious. Steve Martin is a Grammy award-winning musician.
1: Yeah, I mean, didn't she say he's like a bluegrass? He musician? won. A, he
0: won a Grammy for bluegrass banjo. <laughs> what
1: the fuck? That's so random.
0: It's, he's the cheaper by does dozen guy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He been... was he
0: born with white hair. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he looks like the guy from C Lab.
1: Who? C Lab Pro-
0: 2024?
1: Oh. The old Adult Swim cartoon? I don't know who you're. I, uh, I know that show, but I don't know who it is. There's a
0: white haired scientist. okay I, I
1: used to get him and uh, Leslie Nielsen confused. Yes. The dude from Airplane. Yeah. And uh, Steve Martin, was he the one in. He, he did Pink Panther. The movie? Yes. The ones when we were kids? Yeah. Pink, yeah. I think
0: so. Unless it was
1: Leslie Nielsen. I, think I don't Leslie think Nielsen so.
0: was dead by then.
1: Maybe. But yeah, I used to get them confused because they look similar and they, they both have similar. had white hair for ever. And they're
0: both kind of like the straight men in their comedies.
1: Yeah, like they both have the same kind of approach to comedy, I feel like. Yeah. I used to get them confused, but yeah, I mean, it's meh. Like, I don't think it really is all that charming. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it tries to be really charming and funny, but I don't know. Um, I guess he did understand the assignment.
0: I think he understood. But then we have the uh, the Rise to Stardom suite, which is. Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. <clears throat> Nowhere Man, and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band Reprise.
1: It's a very odd up of songs because Polythene Pam and She Came In Through the Bathroom Window are back to back in the Abbey Road medley. Yes. But then fucking Nowhere Man is on Rubber Soul. And then <laughs> the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band Reprise, like. I feel it's, like that's a it's very very
0: strange. It's it's also just four soulless
1: right. covers. Yeah, um, exactly.
0: I'm, the only one I'm really offended by is their soulless cover of Nowhere Man because in the Yellow Submarine movie, it's <clears throat> real. That's like a really impo- like a really good part of that movie. Okay. Which is a movie that you should all
1: watch. You should probably watch. It's a really yeah, good. Movie. I need to watch it. <clears throat> um, I mean, on your legal. Yeah, psychedelics. <laughs> I was about to say for legal reasons, I might watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I. There's nothing too offensive about any of the covers for me. I mean, yeah, Soulless, but they're pretty much straight up.
0: Um, the bass does get
1: really farty, <laughs> like farty. Yeah.
0: You, know, you know that farty bass of the like the Genesis. Yeah. Sounds yeah they're like really farty bass. Okay. You know I uh, hate farty bass. You noticed
1: a lot about bass, and I did not notice anything about I'm, it.
0: I'm a bass player. I'm not.
1: <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not a bass player. But I'm not a bass player. And then we got a "The Got to Get You Into My Life" cover by Earthwind and Fire, and yeah, I like this one. I mean, it wasn't bad, but for the praises it was receiving. Oh yeah, it
0: was not like the. I, I, I was, didn't know about the praise, but I was like, I like the song.
1: Yeah, I was expecting it to be really fucking good, which I mean, in the context of the album, it's gold. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's
0: pretty true to the original
1: with its own little twist. But mm-hmm. It's
0: Earthwind and Fire, so like, what did I expect?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's good, but. I was kind of expecting to be blown away by it, I guess. But like I said, within the context of the album, I guess it is a masterpiece. <laughs> but um, and then we have "Strawberry Fields Forever." Yeah. Competent. Yeah, I I kind of like that. It. Um,
0: it's also a, a song that is hard to fuck up. Mm-hmm. It's not the the worst cover.
1: Yeah, I liked it better. I liked it when it was a. Uh, opened up acoustic at the beginning yes. when everything else came in. I was it didn't ruin it, but I was kind of like eh. yeah, like it's, it, it,
0: it's not the worst cover of Strawberry Fields mm. Forever. It's not the best cover of Strawberry Fields Forever. Yeah,
1: I mean she has a decent enough voice and. Like I said, when it was acoustic, I, I think it should have just stayed like that the whole yeah. song. It would have been better. Yeah, I think it. I think it would have
0: been much better. Um, and then we get to what I the the song that had me the most fucked up. <laughs> when I'm 64, I love this song. I love the original of When I'm 64. Yeah, like it's
1: a goofy little. Then you love Paul. Paul Rudd. Roy- what the fuck <laughs> is this? I don't fucking know. Frankie Howard. Don't know who the fuck it is, but yeah, it's it's obnoxious. He sounds like fucking Snape. Professor Snape. Oh, I,
0: my notes are... It sounds like Tim Curry making fun of the Beatles.
1: Okay, yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, like, but then there's a
0: woman who's a competent singer, and there's this random part where he starts singing opera for a second. <laughs> I don't... The song is fucking wild. Hey, like, would
1: you still hold me? Would you still love me? When, when
0: I'm, I'm six... When I'm 64. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't fucking know, dude. Like, ugh. Yeah, that it's, was...
0: It's such a wild wild thing
1: and then we also next up we have him the same dude frankie howard covering mean mr mustard I figured it
0: has more vocaloid shit
1: yeah it does the i put again with the fucking robot voices <laughs> it's, it's like, very weird yeah I'm, I'm sure it holds some sort of context in the movie maybe like i doubt it i don't know like um I've, i don't think anything
0: <laughs> this context anyway yeah, i
1: don't know that's the only thing because i'm like I feel like if it was just a thing they were doing, it would be on more than two songs. Like, I I think it's weird that it's specifically, and it's not even the same, like, one of them's on a Frankie Howard song, and one of them's on just a straight-up Bee Gees song, I believe. So, I don't, I don't really know why it's only on two songs in the album, but, who knows? Um, this song does have a really sick synth solo. Yeah, I remember that, It it was pretty decent, but, yeah, I don't know, just... His obnoxious-ass voice, and then the fucking robot shit, uh, Vocaloid, whatever, is just another pretty unbearable cover for me.
0: Um, Then we have Fixing a Hole, which has the energy of the William Shatner cover album, but with a less well-known
1: star. (laughs) Yeah, I also forgot to get notes for this one somehow. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the William Shatner cover album. Now imagine it's not someone nearly as famous as William Shatner.
1: Yeah, George Burns, I don't...
0: He was like a silent movie star.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I remember. Like, I knew, I knew the name. I remember reading that. But, like, I'm also old. <laughs> <laughs> you say, as yes, you're only two years older than me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, but, like, I have nostalgia for all this stuff from the 70s for no reason. It's really weird. Um, be- I didn't put the whole name of this, I don't think.
1: The whole name of it? Oh, yeah, I did, because. Yeah, it's just because.
0: I was like, that doesn't mean... Really- uh, nothing prepared, for- prepared me for Alice Cooper and the Beaches <laughs> being in the same song. Um, Nothing also prepared me for how bad it is
1: yeah i don't know what the fuck like I, I see why this is pointed out as a low point for the album that is um, pretty much almost all low points like it's, everybody's it's a was little
0: like, dreamy sounding
1: but it also I has mean, the original is though yeah it
0: also has these weird vocal effects which remind me of alien
1: raps exactly yeah i put that Glump. yeah uh, alice glumfer like because the sky is blue I was Like, what the fuck are they doing
0: alien school alien school <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know if that was yeah, like if you didn't tell anybody that Alice Cooper had something to do with this, like you would have no idea like what the fuck I bet did, he wishes
0: his name wasn't on it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what the fuck like why I don't know. It's nothing Alice Cooper, like nothing glam rock or anything about it. It's just
0: <laughs> Okay, and now the bizarre. final the final suite on the album, Death of the Strawberry, which is Golden Slumbers and Carry That Weight. Uh it's a straightforward cover like suite of two covers just it's very of it's time and it's a little disco-y yeah uh Frampton has a nice solo uh there's some cool gang vocals in there too for a second
1: what on the carry that weight part yeah yeah
0: but it's also soulless
1: yeah I don't know like I was saying at this point I think i realized that the least offensive songs to me are the ones that have Frampton on them
0: Uh, the least offensive song to me is uh the next song
1: well, yeah, I guess, Come Together, uh, Man, Got to Get You Into My Life, and then Everything That Frampton Touches are kind yeah. of the, the most respectable songs for me, <laughs> so. Um,
0: speaking of, so Come Together, I did, it's, it's the cover by Aerosmith that you have all heard.
1: Yeah, I feel. Even like, if
0: you don't think you've heard it, you've heard this cover, I mean, I mean, they play this you. cover
1: on, like, classic rock radio more than they play the original, <laughs> like, at least in my experience, yeah, I've heard it um, a lot. It's a
0: hell of a cover. Not as good as the
1: original. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't even like Aerosmith, but I think this is a hell of a cover. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I had no idea it was from this.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. It, it was the only song I had any knowledge of before learning about this album. So, Uh-oh. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. all, it's alright to me. I mean, pretty good.
0: I like the I like that yeah. cover.
1: Um, being for the benefit
0: of Mr. Kite, a song that I wish they wouldn't have covered, because I... I really like that song on the original album. Uh, but they didn't do half bad, I guess. It's just soulless again. It's another Bee Frampton joint. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. It's beat for beat.
1: Yeah, nothing there. Same, same with
0: same with the next one, The Long and Winding Road. Just yeah. a Long and Winding Road. Just okay. another beat for beat soulless cover. Well, the,
1: yeah, this one is the one you were talking about where it's just Frampton. And, and no Bee Gees on this one. Yeah. Um, this, <laughs> Frampton on this album equals... Tolerable in mid is what um, I got. I a mean, day in
0: the life? I think the Bee Gees went off one on this one.
1: Yeah, this is the most tolerable Bee Gees
0: cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I I think it should have gotten a little more spread.
1: hmm Yeah, it's it's not bad. I it's just I just don't It doesn't try anything new. Yeah, I just don't like the Bee Gees voices, I think is what it boils down to. I for think me. you just need to start staying alive. <laughs> but yeah. That's tolerable. You can
0: tell by the way I cover the Beatles. I'm a woman's man. <laughs> no time to hit them.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. But, and then we got Get Back by Billy Preston, which, uh, he's the guy who played... He was in the Plastic Ono Band, and he was in Ringo Starr's band. Well, he was also on the Beatles. Uh, he, was he? Yeah, he did the fucking, um, the goddamn, the Hammond organ.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know shit. he was on
1: the, I didn't see that he was on the Beatles. It didn't yeah, say he that, did. You he know, must the, have just
0: been in the recordings. Okay.
1: Yeah, you know the organ parts on uh "I Want You." Yeah. She's so heavy. He did that. He did. Um, he he played on their uh, rooftop concert, the last concert. He was the guy on the. Okay. Yeah, and he also he's I think he did stuff for Rolling Stone. Like he's done a lot of. Yeah, organ and and, and, and shit. he was in the
0: Plastic Yoko band or the Plastic Ono band mm-hmm. and uh, whatever fucking
1: Ringo Starr's star all star band. band. I think. Yeah, I, I didn't know so, he like, was in. This is
0: the only man that knows the Beatles. Um. Lennon... John Lennon even said that he liked this cover. Okay. Uh, which is something I found out while looking at it. Because um, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? This is a good cover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a solid cover.
1: Yeah, I mean... Which, I mean, which is expected. He's the yeah, only he's, person who...
0: <laughs> he, he may have even, like, talked to the and was like, hey, man, <laughs> let me run this by you before I submit it. Yeah. Is this good?
1: Yeah, it's a decent enough cover. I like it.
0: And then Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Finale...
1: Finally, <laughs> Finally uh, we're at the fucking end.
0: 24 tracks into this album,
1: and it's just a disco cover
0: of Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah,
1: like, this is the only song on this album that I would say is fully-fledged disco. Like,
0: it's not terrible, yeah, not great, not noteworthy. It's
1: pretty much just a posse cut.
0: <laughs> it's boring. It's
1: just everybody. Yeah, okay, so
0: what what, what, were you, what were your favorite songs in the album?
1: I guess... the Maxwell Silverhammer Silver Hammer three times? I mean, I'll... Favorite I'll use lightly because nothing on this album I would go out of my way to listen to. So
0: I would buy my with the Aerosmith cover. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I think it's just because 'cause I've heard it so much. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. Um, like I'll definitely nothing I would listen to over the
0: any original, of the originals. Original. Right? Like
1: yeah. So I guess my favorites are probably Come Together, Got to Get You Into My Life, um the fucking Strawberry Fields Forever. And then anything that Frampton touched was tolerable. I'd say those are everything that I just listed is the only... <clears throat> oh, and Get Back.
0: Yeah. E- I mean, everything I,
1: I listed are, like, the only to- tolerable songs on this album to me. <laughs> I really think Maxwell Silverhammer, Get Back, and Come
0: Together are the only ones that I would go out of my way with. And, like, Maxwell Silverhammer is just because it's really funny. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah he's like, started off in physical... <laughs> Maxwell, Maxwell Silverhammer <laughs> came down down but yeah and then least favorite is oh, the rest of the album yeah literally anything else but especially Oh Darling um, I Want You Because and She's Leaving Home are like <clears throat> the especially egregious ones for me <laughs>
0: mine is definitely When I'm 64
1: yeah uh, I forgot about that one
0: <laughs> I, the She's Leaving Home cover and uh it was really just those two Really? Uh, um, everything else is just like on the same version of hate. No, okay, maybe maybe getting better.
1: You didn't get a Because, the weird Alice Cooper one? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about
0: that one. I wanted to forget about that one.
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's weird. Like, I think the outlandish, really weird ones, like, I hated, but... Which is they,
0: because the outlandish, really weird Beatles songs are some of the best Beatles songs.
1: Yeah, but those ones were awful, but like I said, I think... Oh darling, and I want you just offended me on a personal level because they they're both just such really good emotional songs, and they just completely took everything good about them and made them shitty. And I just those are the two where I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, this album
0: feels like a soulish cash grab.
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, and the movie probably is too. But oh yeah, we need to get into our uh,
0: favorite Beatles album. Yeah, since
1: since obviously there's really no. Lyrics. lyrics to pull from I mean, it they're,
0: they're the Beatles they're they have some weird lyrics but yeah like
1: I mean you could say Maxwell Silverhammer is pretty weird and but it's a comedy <laughs> song yeah so we're gonna do our top three Beatles albums
0: okay number three for me Robert Soul
1: number three for me is Abbey Road I'm gonna say Abbey
0: Road okay mm-hmm. uh number two is you're gonna be surprised on this one Revolver
1: Number two? Number two. Okay, number two for me is Rubber Soul.
0: Okay, number one is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> Mine's Revolver. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I think... I personally, I think Revolver is my favorite Beatles album, but Sgt. Pepper's, I think, is the best album
1: ever written. Okay, I mean... I would say Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's are the two most important Beatles albums in context of everything. And Sergeant Pepper... I don't know. Like, because Revolver was so... It may just be that
0: I've listened to a lot of these on completely <laughs> legal psychedelics.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's... I guess the thing for me is the reason Sergeant Pepper's isn't in my top three is because I really don't like She's Leaving Home. That's fair. And... She's like, it was
0: really, like, once you uh, get it, and get it Within You Without You, mm-hmm. which takes, you know. Yeah. Um, it... Oh, re- I mean, it,
1: I, f- I fucking love Within You Without You, even without... Really? Without tripping, A lot like, of you.
0: I don't like it when I'm not tripping.
1: I fucking love it. That and, um... I... I love love You Too on Revolver, the other Harrison Indian-inspired yeah, song. I don't
0: know, I... With it without you's fine. It's much better when you're tripping.
1: I think I, I like "Love You Too." If we're comparing the two like Indian-inspired Beatles songs at Harrison yeah. Row, I like "Love You Too" better. But, but I like it. both of them a once lot. once you
0: once you get those with the drugs, <laughs> it really makes it out like it pushed that album yeah. above a little bit more.
1: I think for me, it's just I really don't like "She's Leaving Home" than uh, "Benefit of Mr. Kai. I don't hate it, but it's just kind of Anna mm-hmm. eh for me, along with. Um, when I'm 64. Like, I don't hate it. It's just another... Really? You don't, it's not... It's just another I really end. like that song. Like, but then everything else on Sgt. Pepper's I love. But then with Abbey Road, I really don't like Maxwell's Silver Hammer. But then everything else I love. Okay. And then Rubber Soul, I don't have a problem with any of the songs. I love every song on and it. Song and
0: Revolver are both albums. And then albums.
1: Revolver, it's like Yellow Submarine. Like, I've heard it so much so I'm just kind of... It's it's a good song, but it's just kind of eh at this point in and, my life. And uh,
0: Re- um, Revolver does have the best Beatles album or best Beatles song. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Taxman. Oh. Also a George Harrison written song.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, the solo in Taxman is insane.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, fucking Revolver, like front to back is pretty much perfect. Yeah, and, it's a
0: really good album. God, I love the Beatles.
1: Yeah, and then... Like, Rubber Soul used to be my favorite before I got... Yeah, I was
0: expecting Rubber Soul to be your number one pick.
1: Really? I mean, that's... And you were
0: expecting a revolver to be mine. My... Yeah.
1: Yeah, Rubber Soul, I mean, it's a... That's also a really important one because that was kind of the album that made artists stop making... Like, you know, before that album, it was like, oh, we're gonna have two or three, four... Singles and then the rest of the album is just filler, yeah. per- perceived filler. And the r- Riversal was
0: really like, Well, this is an album that makes sense as an
1: album. Yeah, it's like we, every song is like carefully crafted, so to and also, together, yeah, yeah, and also it's their like the bridge album between boy band and psychedelic Beatles. Yeah, like it, it's, it's a still, little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's an amazing album, but, but I think
0: the boy band part, like the boy band sensibilities hold it back, which is why. I wouldn't call it my favorite anyway. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a solid number two for me. And then Abbey Road, uh, yeah, I think that's why, that's how that's how I determine the rankings because of my top three. Abbey Road has the only song that I hate on it of any of the three albums. Then it's just kind of I don't know. Revolvers grown on me more than Rubber Soul. Yeah,
0: honorable mention to um, Magic Mystery Tour.
1: Yeah. That's the album a good one.
0: everyone forgets about.
1: Yeah, I mean even their fucking boy band stuff. Like I like a lot oh, of yeah, them. Like I, A Hard Day's Night helped. is. Yeah, and A Hard Day's Night is great. Even their first first uh, few albums, like um Meet the Beatles or whatever. Yeah, and, I mean uh, they're just
0: they're just good. Yeah. Um, and hating the Beatles is morally wrong. Yeah, and then the White You op- can you can hate them as people. They about half of them, or at least one of them really sucks as a people.
1: Yeah, as a people. <laughs> He is a people. Well not anymore, he's not a people. We <laughs> <laughs> should have imagined that there were no snub revolvers. <laughs> but fucking um Yeah, and then the lot album, we haven't mentioned that one. It's it's good, it's just double albums for me. I just can't it's too ever much. it's just too much. And this
0: this was a double album, the one that we just covered. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So, anyway,
0: uh, listen to the Beatles. Yeah, listen um, to
1: Revolver. And uh do not listen. Sergeant Peppers.
0: Do not listen to this. Yeah,
1: do not listen to this.
0: Do not You'll... listen to Sergeant Peppers Lonely Heart Club band soundtrack. Just listen to Lonely Peppers Lonely Sergeant Lon-
1: Peppers Heart Band Club. Lonely Peppers Sergeant Heart Band Club album. Beetle. The fourth. <laughs> the fourth. But yeah, uh so this holds a two point one five out of five on Rate Your Music. Two
0: point one five out of five? Mm-hmm.
1: That is I couldn't, incredibly high. I couldn't find it on Metacritic, which is frustrating. The movie was on there, and it had like a fucking... It was like a three-something audience score and like a one-point-something critic score. So I would assume that album wouldn't be too far off from that, but... We'll, we'll
0: just go ahead and give it the uh, the same score for the album. Uh, I'm going to give this album a point <laughs>
1: All right. We're getting very granular with this one. Huh, I'm going I'm to give it a... Point three six nine. damn she fine <laughs> oh my goodness, no, yeah. to one more time I would give it yeah probably a 0. .5 <laughs>
0: yeah like it's less 10. than a 1 like no it's,
1: matter what it's pretty fucking awful like literally nothing on this is worth listening to yeah, at like all
0: it's not even I, I would say listen to Maxwell Silverhammer it's a little funny okay uh, but other than that like none of it is worth listening to because not only is it bad it's soulless. It's long as fuck. It's long as... F- it, it is 24 fucking tracks. Um, it is longer than this podcast is going to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because we're
0: almost done and we're just adding an hour.
1: Yeah, so... Um.
0: But it's soulless. It's long as fuck. It's not good. And there's, no, there's only, like, the only really moments like, huh, this is fucking wild, is when I'm 64 and Maxwell Silverhammer. And when I'm 64 be- is bad
1: yeah and because i oh, would because, say is another yeah. moment where it's just like what the fuck but yeah but there's only three of those
0: there's 21 other tracks
1: yeah exactly so yeah i would probably check out those three if you want to have a good good laugh and then check out i mean if you haven't heard the cover of come together or gotta get you into my life or get back
0: yeah i mean those are worth listening to they're good covers yeah
1: but everything else you can completely just forget yeah so listen
0: to six out of 24 out of, that's one
1: <laughs> one
0: fourth of the album is worth listening to.
1: Yeah, (laughs) if Uh, So
0: listen to one-fourth of the album, specifically the fourth we told you to. Don't just pick a random fourth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Then we'll see you next week with, God, I hope, something that was more fun to listen to.
1: Hopefully something not as long. (laughs)